Hello and welcome back to Music Digital Media Center Podcast, Season 2. I'm your host, Kamal Gazzardi, and I'm here with World Series champion, all-around amazing athlete and person, Homer Bush. How you doing, Homer? Outstanding. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, would you like to tell the people at home a little bit about yourself so we get started? Sure. Um, uh, born and raised in East St. Louis, Illinois, so I'm from the Midwest. Um, I grew up playing baseball ever since I could put a glove on my hand. <laughs> but I um, fell in love with football as I got closer to middle school. And so I uh, started playing football a little bit. It was kind of the popular thing and where I was from and uh, having uh, seven siblings, you know, so we were used to playing group sports, right? So, um, you know, I, once I got to high school, I started thinking like, man, how am I going to get out of East San Louis? <laughs> and so um, I figured education would be the route and uh, football was probably going to be the path to get me that education. So I ended up uh, having a very good high school career and got offered a football scholarship. So I signed my letter of intent in February, June of that same year, I was drafted by the uh, San Diego Padres. So that's going to advance me into my, my, my new baseball path. I was uh, drafted seventh round. I played in the minor leagues, gosh, almost seven seasons. Um, and then was traded over in the Hideki Arabu trade. I don't know if you remember the Japanese picture back in long before my time. I know. <laughs> but uh, that's how I got to New York by, by the uh, Hideki Rabu trade. Came over in uh, '97 and '98. I was part of the probably one of the greatest teams ever assembled and went on to do big things. So, uh, but after winning '98 World Series, I was traded with David Wells and Graham Lloyd, and that's when Roger Clemens came over and guys won two or three more championships after my one in 98. So, but um, that's um, a little bit, little bit about me. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Um, let's take a little bit back. Uh, Cause when I was doing my research, you know, me as a student athlete myself, I grew up loving game of soccer. That's my profession. And uh, same thing as you, ever since I could put a cleat on, put some gloves on, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, for the high school athletes out there who do multiple sports, me, I didn't do it, but I know people who did multiple sports. Uh, what would you say made you choose baseball over football? Well, I wasn't uh, much for physical contact, so it was pretty <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, you know, but like I was saying earlier, I had played baseball ever since I was, you know, gosh, like five years old. And I didn't play organized football until I was like 13. So baseball had a head start, you can kind of say. Right? Uh, but that was that was pretty much it. I felt like if I if um, I had to choose one of the two long term, I was uh, more familiar with baseball. No, you didn't want to take those hits and all that. No, I wasn't much of contact, big man. Yeah, I don't blame you. Those hits are crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned one World Series, you know. Being in that team, being in that locker room, practicing with those guys every day, was there any doubts that you guys were not going to win it? And also, how did it feel when you guys finally won it? You know, that's a great question. You know, I, I, of course, I've had a thousand conversations about that 98 season, but the most amazing thing, even though the outcome was what it was, we were just grinding every day. 
it was like we was just going to work and we was putting in that blind work where you're just working and working and trying to execute your, your game plans for that day and you win. And just imagine doing that 125 times, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, we really didn't get too far ahead of ourselves. We didn't try to figure out if there was a point in the season if we thought we was going to win the World Series. One thing that was extremely obvious was that uh, we knew we had the ability to because we had ran away with, you know, the regular season, right? So I think we clinched the postseason by the first of August, which is <laughs> crazy, right? That's insane. Yeah. So, but no, we were just we were just grinding. When you retired, you know, you had a luxurious career, played a long time. Then will be. Uh, what made you decide to be a manager of the Fairy Hawks? Because you know, most players uh, when they play their sport, you know, they play their sport, they go coaching or they go do this or whatever the case may be. Did managing, was that the first thing that stuck out to you or did something kind of grow on you? Like a manager of yours maybe inspire you? Good question. No, it um, it came about in a weird way, right? So when I got out of ball, I wanted to be a hitting coach. So I went in 2014 with a hitting coach with the San Diego Padres. Um, but at the same time, I had a, I have a son who's creating his own path. So I figured, man, I'll go back, get him right, then I'll get back into coaching. Well, little did I know it was going to take, it was going to be far more difficult to get back into it. Well, when I was out and tried to get back in, everyone wanted to know, do you have any managerial experience? You know, have you ever managed? And, you know, I had managed some, some um, select clubs and, you know, travel ball teams, but nothing really high end. Well, uh, this past summer, I managed in the Major League Draft League. Is, uh, and that's a uh, summer collegiate league, uh, but uh, the second month is a pro paid league. Well, that uh, kind of fueled my fire, and it was like, you know what, man, this managerial thing may not be half bad. You know, I, I knew I always had the the hitting coach inside of me. So when I interviewed for this position, I'm able to do both. So I'm actually the manager slash hitting coach. Uh, so that so was you're able to fit both personas that you wanted to attack, which is a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was very attractive uh, to me. Uh, now you know Fairy Hawks uh, minor league team, pretty sure, right? Uh, would you ever want to take that big jump to the MLB one day, and you know maybe if the Yankees come back calling on you? Yeah. <laughs> Man, but one thing for sure, I'm not afraid. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what I can say is knowing the path to that. Uh, that point, it's going to take more than one year, two years, three years, right? So there's a lot of really good candidates out there uh, for major league managerial jobs. But what I can say is, is that, and I just mentioned this earlier today, you know, if if I go and do a good job, you know, players play well, help them develop, then that may get the attention of some teams, you know. And at that point, you just never know. It just kind of goes back to what I was saying, that blind work where you just, you're just taking care of business for today. Just take care of business for today. And before you know it, I'm managing in the major league somewhere. Definitely. No, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. You know, uh, me trying, I've been trying to, my whole, my whole goal was, you know, trying to go professional in soccer my whole life. And my all of all the advice I've ever given been given for my coaches is, you know, go one day at a time, one day at a time, put yourself out there as much as you can. And it's, it's, it's really hard. Like I, I'm sure, you know, you went pro and stuff and it's, uh, it's a major hill to climb 
to one you went pro now even to be an MLB manager like people don't realize they think oh if you're a professional athlete you're automatically qualified to be like a good manager no it doesn't work like that you you, st you start at ground zero you got to work your way up and um, I really hope you do make it to MLB it would be great to see you there one day uh, so back to your playing career um, did you have a favorite teammate that you know kind of just stuck out there one day and you're just like oh that's my guy right there <laughs> <laughs> well uh gosh i'll tell you what um i had several and think Save about fancy. it so, <laughs> the one the easy one would be Derek cheetah right so but just think Derek was just a baby he was you know i was like uh, i had uh he had more time than I did, but he was younger. So you're talking 98, you know, he had only been in the league a couple years. I mean, 17 years later, he's a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, but you knew he had the it factor, right? You knew he was going to be really good. Um, Jorge Posada was a really cool teammate, very intense. Um, and I mean, just all out gamer. If you, if, like, man, <laughs> hey, if you, if you, absolutely. If you, you build a team, you want him on your team. You know that immediately. But there was a couple really cool guys I played with. When I was younger, I had an older brother who used to always talk about Tim Raines and Daryl Strawberry. You remember this? <laughs> so they were like, they were like huge in my brother's life. And now remember, you know, I'm probably 15 years old. And then my brother looked up and I'm on the same big league team with them. He was like, dude. <laughs> Those were my guys. So I had great admiration for them before I'd even played with them because I had, you know, I heard a thousand stories about them. So, you know, just being able to play with uh, as their careers panned out, Bernie Williams, uh, David Cohn, David Wells. I mean, it, I can just go on and on because that team was just filled with just tons of talent. But some real, those are some really cool stories, I think. Uh, that I always remember. The bragging rights are definitely there. You went to second. You, got, you went to Yankees. You know, you went to your brothers. You're like, oh, I'm playing with this guy, this guy, this guy. Uh, the jealousy. They're jealous. Uh, no, no, no. He, my brother, he was probably like 55, 60 years old at that time. He was just like, oh man, I can't believe. He used to call me Head. But, you know, he's like, what's up, Head? Oh man, I can't believe you playing with Rock and Straw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, continuing on, uh, you know. What is one piece of advice? I know you've probably talked to many young athletes and all this. And I'd like to say, like, what is one thing that you could tell them that would push their game over the top? Because that's that's the struggle for a lot of players. I know me, like, it, I always try to look for that one thing. It's like, what is one thing that I can separate from someone else? Because me, I've, you know, disadvantage in my position. And it's just been always, you know, that chip on the shoulder. So what is one thing you would like to tell someone? Yeah, so... Um, that's a great question and I say that because like I have a son that's going through the process now and the one thing I try to instill in him is you have to be process driven that for me allows you to have consistent success but more importantly you're always one step ahead of the process you know if you're just out there and you're just playing and things are just happening and then you're adjusting you're gonna always be behind the eight ball so have a plan, uh, create um, uh, a process, and then execute that process. Stick with it, you know, tinker with it a little bit, but, you know, just do not go out there just trying to do it on athleticism and talent and smarts. Try to have something that's gonna give you an advantage. 
And I think, you know, you know, one of the things I think about, and this is a, you know, it's not to insult um, Tom Brady at all, but if you look at him, he's not the most athletic looking guy. No, no, no. He looked like, you know, just anybody. Average Joe. Average Joe, but I tell you what, Man, if you could cut him open, and I bet you he's got a serious process going. He got a machine in there just just moving. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like he was always one step ahead of everybody else. And when you do that, man, you can do great things. You don't have to try to just muscle your way through everything. Definitely. There's there's plenty of athletes you can say that about, like Brady, yeah. Jordan, LeBron, yeah, all those kind yeah. of guys. It's like at the end of the day, the crazy thing people don't like, they're human beings just like me and you, but it's just something about the way they were brought up just screams like i'm gonna be better than you and that is um one thing that all athletes should definitely look for in themselves but let's say now uh because the college process and the pro it's it's a it's a really hard and it's a weird process almost because there's a little there's a lot of, there's a little bit of luck involved and you know for people who necessarily don't have the exposure and you know they spent all their life in a in a certain sport what is one thing that like like what was your backup plan i would say if you had to say yeah so like i mentioned earlier i really just wanted to get a uh education like i didn't i didn't even really care about professional sports all i want to do is get a scholarship but i knew i was gonna have to play football just to get that scholarship and then I was going to get my degree get a job marry a young lady she was making 50,000 I'm making 50,000 man we just living happily ever after you see what I'm saying that was as far as I could get myself to think right so for me it's literally uh, going back to you know just having a plan now one thing I can say and I think what you're doing right now is fantastic because if you have any type of skill or talent Man, you gotta be into social media. You gotta, you, right? Definitely. Gotta get yourself out the there. Rave. And uh, you know, people always ask me, uh, like, why do you smile so much? You know, how do you know everybody? Because man, I'll talk to anybody, <laughs> right? Like, man, I just enjoy, you know, not because I play baseball. It's literally because man, I just love when I want to hear people's story. I want to hear, you know, what they're about. Tell them my story. You know, we may know some of the same people. So. It's just uh, having good communication skills helps. But man, social media, I said, man, turn on that camera, man. Just tell people, you know, who you are, what you do and show your talents. Definitely. Especially in this day and age, you got to be on social media. It's like the big thing that, you know, making all the money. But for you, what you what you been? A little supermarket grocery store badger? Or <laughs> what kind of profession would you oh, have? I, uh, I would say, shoot, uh, you remember Shoot Carnival? Are you playing with Shoe Carnival? It's like a, a huge shoe. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was working at Shoe Carnival back in the day. Oh, man, yeah. I, Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, start somewhere, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, see, with the MLB, you know, we the, nowadays especially, like, you know, there's access to pretty much everything. And, you know, we always see these little clips of uh, playing and practicing. Was practice and the games were they as hard as you imagined going into them in high school they uh, were uh, high school were the toughest yeah once you get into high school and minors okay but once you get into the mlb that you're kind of on your own at that point right you know you have some coaches that you can bounce some things off of but and um in high school see you're developing at those two stages so, but uh, yeah, it, it was. It was. I, I tell people all the time, it's the hardest thing I could have ever imagined trying to do. Um, because 
uh, it's so competitive. It's, you know, not only is it difficult to hit round ball with a round bat, it's so competitive. You know, you're dealing with guys from the international, uh, I mean, just domestically here in the U.S. is, you know, 50 states, right? Yeah. So um, it, it just becomes difficult not only in just uh, competition, but also just physicality. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, um, it, it was daunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were traded to the Yankees, uh, what what was an instant reaction? Because I've always been curious, and I love sports history. I love all that kind of stuff. And I always look at trades, and sometimes I rethink. I'm like, damn, like how did how would that person have felt knowing he went to a great dynasty and like all these kind of things? So, what was your instant reaction? So I knew I was going to be traded. At least uh, it was a uh, it was a high probability. So. Uh, 98, the 98 season, I was not even supposed to be on the roster. So, because they had all guaranteed contracts, but a player got hurt. So as long as that player was on the DL, they kept me. So I played a little bit. Joe Torre liked me. So they ended up releasing another guy to keep me for the 98 season. But during the whole 98 season, Brian Cashman was really cool. He said, hey, we know you're young. got you coming off the bench now but we're going to trade you so that you can go play every day and he did just that after the 98 season i went on to toronto and started playing see well you talk about you know they traded you and they're telling you oh this is just for your benefit to play good games you know a lot of people they when they get traded they see it as like wow like they don't want me and stuff but it's almost a gift in a certain way because it almost rejuvenates your career because you're like I'm finally getting the playing time that I've been craving for dying for and I'm actually getting an opportunity to like put myself out there and like when when you started on your new team playing your first game was it ever a mind of like I want to I want to show them like why I need I, I, I deserve to be here absolutely and so they traded me to a team that was full of young guys and so they were, I mean, they were big time. I mean, names like, and you can look them up, Delgado, Shannon Stewart, Alex Gonzalez, Sean Green, Raul Mondesi, Jose Cruz Jr. These were all big time prospects, right? So quite naturally, I'm another young piece that's coming in. So I, I want to not only prove that I deserve the opportunity to play every day, but that I can play at the same level as these other top prospects. So it, it was a lot, it was a little bit of that for sure. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you for being here. You were an amazing person. Great to get to know you and stuff. It was a pleasure. No, hey, I'll tell you what. Good luck. Thanks for the opportunity. And I look forward to seeing uh, big things from you in the future. This has been the New York City Digital Media Server Podcast. I'm your host, Kamal Gazzardi. And peace out.